Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 110. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hi guys, before we start the show today, I am so excited to tell you about my Fast Track to Flipping Masterclass. It's coming up in January of 2019, and I'm gonna share all kinds of wonderful tips, tricks, and secrets to the success of my over 200 house flips that I've done so far. I'm also gonna be introducing my mentoring program that we're gonna start in January. So if you wanna be part of a group, a team, and have a support system in place, and some accountability, because that's what really gets you in action, I know, then go sign up for this masterclass right now at hardhatholly.com forward slash flip. That's hardhatholly.com forward slash flip. Go register and I look forward to seeing you there in January. Hello and welcome to another episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. I'm Holly McCann and I'm going to share with you today my secrets and strategies as the fourth of a four-part series on the flip part. We've gone through the four F's of house flipping, finding, financing, fixing, and flipping. We're on the final one today. So today I'm going to talk about some strategies to maximize your sale price in the shortest amount of time when you go to sell your masterpiece. You've created this beautiful home, at least I hope it is, and I'm going to give you some of my tips on that. So we're going to talk about the before, during, and after of the sales process. For the before part, I want to talk about staging. Do you stage or not stage? And how much staging do you do? Well, I'm going to tell you, it depends on your area, depends on the market. And I would definitely consult both the comps, which you can look at online, as well as a realtor, maybe your own realtor. If it's not your realtor and you're friends with a realtor, maybe they'll give you some free advice. But whoever is going to list and sell the home, if you're using a realtor, get their advice. So I'm going to talk about the three different levels. Um, I call it either no staging, light staging, or full staging. So no staging is pretty obvious. We don't do a darn thing to the house. And that's what we do here in our houses in Southern California at the $200,000 price point and below, which I have some in the Palm Springs area. We did one there last year. And I have um, one that we're doing right now in a little town called Hemet that's way inland. You know, the, the sale price is $199,000 and nobody stages in that price point in that area. It's just not needed or warranted. And I don't think it helped my house sell any faster or not sell any faster because I didn't do it. Um, next, we have what I call light staging. So light staging is where... I will put accessories in the kitchen and the bathrooms. So I'll put down some, you know, fake plants, some towels, some candles, uh, maybe some little pictures on stands like five by seven or eight by ten artwork that I pick up at Home Goods, TJ Maxx, or Marshalls on little easels so that there's no holes in the walls. And I call that light staging, just so there's something in there. It feels a little more homey. I don't usually do this. Uh, in the homes that I'm doing these days, but um, some people do. 
most of the homes I'm selling are now in the range of 700 and then we're going to have one on up to maybe 1.5 million this year. We're going, going to higher price points a lot of times. So I usually do what I call full staging, but even my full staging is not every single room of the house staged. I stage the kitchen, the dining, the living room um, or family room, and the master bedroom. I don't stage the secondary bedrooms. I think that's kind of um, unnecessary. I have seen that in higher end homes though. Um, the ones I would say when they are 2 million and over in my market, uh, I see every room staged, every nook and cranny staged. But the ones I'm doing will do just um, typically the rooms that I said. And I like to get a lot of accessories in there. The reason I stage is um, for two reasons. Number one, it distracts the buyers from potentially looking for all of the blemishes and imperfections in the house. And when it's an older house that we renovated, there's still going to be, there's some things that you can't make look perfect. So if there is some furniture in the room, people are going to be looking at the furniture and the artwork and not looking for um, maybe that baseboard that's not quite perfect or, um, you know, the door frame looks a little bit crooked or whatever the, situation is. Uh, maybe there's a scratch on the wood floor. Whatever it is, the more things there are in the house to distract the buyers from, the better it is in my opinion. And since I am what I call a regular retail realtor, I shop with buyers. I see their reactions. If there's nothing in the house, they're going to walk around and look for all the problems with it. Where if there's furniture, this is why I really like it. They might sit down on the sofa and look around and see if it feels like home. They might sit down at the kitchen table or at the kitchen island on a bar stool and talk about it and look around and, oh, could you envision our furniture in here? Oh, how does this feel to you, honey? You know, and they have that conversation. So it just feels much more homey. They can envision something in there, but you want to be careful I don't think I've ever seen this, but you want to make sure you don't put too big of furniture or too much furniture in because it makes the house feel small. Use as small a scale that looks good. And if you use a professional stager, they're going to know this and do it right. There was a time where I had um, eight houses staged and it was all of my own furniture. I have since whittled it down and decided I prefer to hire a professional stager because it was so much work. I hired movers and they did a great job transporting the stuff from house to house, but it would still surprisingly take me a full day if I was staging um, a house just to hang up all the pictures and the artwork and arrange all the towels and the candles and the plants and the pillows and unwrap the furniture from the movers. You know, they would just set it in place and I got to cut all the saran wrap type stuff off of the sofas and everything or we're assembling furniture. So I'm done with that. I'm down to, I think, one house worth of staging furniture and that will eventually get um, dissipated too when that house sells. So just, I would definitely shop around and get pricing on staging because it can vary widely. And once again, when you need a good stager, ask your investor friends, um, your peers, maybe at a real estate club or realtors. Realtors know stagers as well. 
speaking of realtors, that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. So choosing a realtor, I don't want to go into too much depth here. We'll go into more depth um, in the program that we're doing in February. If you choose to hop on and join us, I'd love to have you. But look at their reviews online. Hopefully um, they have reviews on Zillow or Yelp or Facebook um, or there's other, I think Google reviews is another one. So read the reviews and when you're looking for a realtor, maybe ask for referrals and um, try and get one that's recommended. You want to get one that's respected and well-liked in the community. So if you're talking to several realtors, nobody's going to want to do business with a realtor that's disliked. So that's going to be harder for um, your property to sell. I know as a realtor, so you know, someone doesn't want to work with a particular realtor, they're not going to bring their buyers by your house. So make sure you get a great realtor. You want them to have done, I would say at least 10 deals if possible, or a minimum of at least five, because you want them to have some experience with negotiation, with all the contracts and forms, to know what's customary in your area, who pays for what, buyer versus seller. Um, I've seen a lot of realtors make bad mistakes during transactions. Um, so I just would hate to have that happen for you. You don't want to be their learning experience. Um, that's enough about realtors for now. So moving on. Um, oh, and I got to tease this a little bit. I'll share this in my masterclass coming up, but I have a special technique that I like to use um, just before a house is going on the market to really increase the demand that's worked really well for me. So make sure you um, come to my masterclass that's coming up pretty soon. You can register at hardhatholly.com forward slash flip, and I'll be sending out information to you on that, and I'll share some more techniques and strategies that have really led me to extra profits there. So while the house is being marketed, you or an assistant or your realtor should be checking the house at least once a week, maybe twice a week. The reason is you don't want um, potential buyers to come in and find something not nice or not pleasant or problematic. It could be a water leak. We've had water leaks before in houses. You have to keep the water on. In my opinion, you shouldn't turn it off. Um, but that poses a potential problem if a toilet overflows or um, some other kind of a leak develops somewhere in the house and no one's living in the house, it can get pretty bad. So check the house. Um, you could turn the water to the toilets off and put signs on them. Please don't use. I usually, you know, have them open and have them so people can use. I mean, we've had squatters in our houses while they were on the market. They see a nice stage house, they're like, hmm, I'm moving in. I've had that twice in the last couple of years. So um, we've had to kick them out and have the police come and patrol the neighborhood and stuff to protect our houses. And that was one of those was in a $1.2 million house. That was not in a low end house, but they picked a nice one. So make sure your house is getting checked on. Make sure your landscape maintenance is being done um, regularly that there's not leaves around or dirt or if you have a big storm or water that everything is looking great at your house. 
Once you get your offers, hopefully you get um, several offers, and then you do a technique where you would send out a multiple counter offer and you could ask for highest and best. I love that. Um, instead of just countering back people at certain prices, you could tell everyone come back with your highest and best offer, and hopefully they're going to be offering you. Um, great prices. So that's something that's really fun if you're in a good enough seller's market that that's happening. Uh, definitely things have changed um, overall here in January 2019. It's becoming more of a seller's market. I'm sorry, more of a buyer's market in California. I, I was saying that backwards. Sorry. When it's a seller's market, you can choose which of your multiple offers you want. But it's kind of switching over to be a buyer's market here in Orange County, California. And um, but it's not exactly. I've had a buyer lose out homes this week and last week to um, other offers. So there's two houses with multiple offers in the last couple of weeks in San Clemente, California. So moving on, I want to talk about after you get your house under contract. Um, you will have your buyer will probably do an inspection and they will give you a request for repairs. So I always tell my buyers and sellers, this is the second round of negotiations. And it really is. You as a seller could say you're not doing anything. You could say, oh, wow, look at all these things a contractor missed or didn't fix the right way. And when the inspector goes in, they discover it. And so you get your contractor back out to do it. You can give the buyer either a dollar allowance or you can fix things. We do kind of a mixture of both. It depends on how busy our contractor is and whether it's really blatant and he should have fixed it and he didn't, but um, we've done both. Another word of advice I have for you is do not remove your staging until all the contingencies are removed. You want to make sure that that deal is real solid right near the end of escrow because you don't want to take it out and have the buyer change their mind or be unable to close. You want to make sure their loan looks solid um, and everything else is to their satisfaction with their repair request. Um, if you're in California, that termite work is done. Just make sure that they're happy and moving forward. And remember, at the very end, you want to um, make sure to turn off the utilities in your name. There's been a couple times when we've been so busy and had so many houses, and I forgot to turn off the utilities. So they got free water or free trash for you know a month or two before I figured that out and got the next bill. Hey, we sold that house on Main Street. Why am I still getting a bill? So it's possible, you know, you can get too busy and forget that. So make sure you have systems in place for that. One more thing is at the end, after the buyer has taken possession, since no one has lived in the house, some things might be discovered after they move in and live in it. And there have been times when we have um, repairs that are still needed or something breaks soon. And we'll send our contractor back at our expense to fix things after close of escrow. We don't have to, but it's just a nice thing to do and you want to have a good reputation. There was one time where there was a plumbing problem in a master shower and I think we paid $3,500 to have it, um, all the tile removed and redone because of a problem that we didn't know, the home inspector didn't catch. We just felt really bad sticking out with the buyers. So we went ahead and paid for that because it was worth it to, for us to have a good reputation and a clear conscience and we made money on it. So we felt better about fixing it than not. 
So with that, that is some of my tips on reselling, um, some of my experience there, what I have gathered along the way that I am happy to share with you. Uh, I have much more to share regarding all of the aspects of buying, fixing, and flipping houses. And I'm going to be sharing that in my masterclass coming up. So make sure you sign up for that at hardhatholly.com forward slash flip. And um, if it's already passed, then um, I'm sure we'll be doing some more in the future. But thank you so much for listening. I'm very excited for you and your house flipping journey, whether you've begun it or not. I'm excited to help you. So definitely connect with me on Facebook at Hard Hat Holly's Real Estate Investing Team. Be happy to help you out in there with any questions you have and get out there, take some action and make some money. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.